the two tones. This is episode one. Andrew Walker. <laughs> for, 2000, yes, for 2018. Not paid the mark of the year. That's all right. We move on. <laughs> Most people have, not me. Uh, I'm Tony Moakley. It is a delight. It is a pleasure. It is all sorts of thrills to be saddling up again with the great man, T. DeB, the beast, Tony DeBolfo. Lovely to see you, Tone. Uh, is it great to be back? It um, is. You know, March weather's glorious in Melbourne, and you, I know you've got a, a twinkle in the eye, see there, but spring in the step. Uh, looking forward to a massive year down here at Icon Park, as it, I'm sure you are too, Tony. Oh, bring 2018 on, please. And uh, look, there's... There's much to get through. There's been a lot of changes at the club uh, over the last couple of months, or certainly since uh, the last episode of the Two Tones for 2017. Um, we are going to look at, uh, well, the, as I said, the changes that have been rung in in our absence. And uh, plus uh, Carlton's uh, uh, game recently, or the win over St Kilda, Tremendous which is very exciting. Was it? Well, I've got to say, there was a let's talk green shirts. And I, I know that phrase has been overused, especially here on the Two Tones podcast. But uh, they weren't shoots. They were uh, beanstalks the size that Jack would feel intimidated to climb. <laughs> um, nice of you to understate the uh, scenario as usual, Tone. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, look, it, it, it was truly exciting to see the team uh, go about the business the way they had against St Kilda. Who, as we said, had been a, a bogey team for Carlton in yeah, recent and times. They, they were a full strength team as well. They were indeed. But, you know, you talked about the, the young players out there performing. I t- really thought that there was uh, great signs across the board. Yeah. Not only with the young players, but with, with you know, the, the guys that, I guess, are in that middle tier, experienced players also. I, I just think looking at that team that took to that field against St Kilda in totality, there was so much to like about where where this team is going and the direction it's heading. And it, it, it tends to vindicate, doesn't it, the, 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 the big decisions that have been made over the past two and a half years yeah. to, you know, really, really reinvent this list. And it's exciting to see the growth. Uh, not a question of if now, Tony, but when, you know, yeah. where, you know when they come through. And that's, that's really exciting to be part of it and to see the progression of this team under Brendan Bolton. Well, uh, the other night it was under the great man David Teague. Well, it was. If you don't mind. What are you suggesting, Tone? Oh, no, no. no well, I'm just saying that the, the, the depths at Carlton, uh, it's not only on the field, it uh, extends to the coach's box. Well, it does. It does. Cameron Bruce has come into the club as well, um, amongst others. So, you know, we're seeing, um, you know, uh, new faces of the club, new ideas, um, new directions, I suppose. But I think the one constant now will be um, uh, uniformity amongst the team. You know, there's been so many changes to this playing list, so many people moved on, that, uh, and I think Stephen Solani, the list manager, has declared it, that now we, we look for stability. And uh, I guess the scenario that these players now face is the, uh, the scenario of you know, playing games together yeah. and really, really gelling as one tight knit unit and um, and that's 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 that all goes well for the team going forward no doubt well uh, look to to Carlton fans who have endured uh, something of a well at times tough a decade and a half um, let's talk about some of those green shirts and you can't go past of course uh, Paddy Dow the Dow opened high yes um, um, Paddy Wow he, he looked great didn't he as many crews declare um, 
the, the thing that amazes me about players like Paddy Dow and, and uh, O'Brien, obviously Lockie O'Brien, is the capacity to seamlessly fit into the, yeah. the senior group, Tony. It always staggers me. You know, um, these are guys, I don't think they're eligible to vote yet, are they? They certainly can't drive a car. I don't yeah. think it's 17 a bit. But it, it just amazes me that, you know, that the way that they can s- slot in. And Dow looked like he'd been there forever and a day. Yeah. You know, and just there was a great passage of play to the Garden Street end where he, he, he took that ball out of the centre. And I think, did he put it down many cruises Yes, throat? he did, lace out. And yeah. that, that was just, I mean, anyone that, were, that came to that game to see that would have gone home saying it was worth it to be there just for that play. Yes. But, but you know, again, I don't want to sort of detract from the performance of the other players either because... I just thought there was magnificent signs across the board. I love the way that that Liam Jones and Marchbank team so yes. well defence. You know, losing Sam Doherty so it's a leaves a chasm. You would think the back line. Yet the players seem to really um, uh, work well as a team. With Simo, I guess, a stabilising influence up back. And you know, when you see players like Jones and um, Marchbank covering covering for each other in defence, you're automatically drawn back to those days of you know. Stephen Silvani and, yeah. and Dean, yeah. you know, and all oh those God. guys backing yeah. the Rocks and Gibraltar. The Rocks yeah. and Gibraltar. And um, I know we have to temper it. It is, you know, we're just into March and um, it is a practice match, but you've got to, you know, to, to quote um, uh, Kath, I like what I see, Tone. Yeah. I like what I see. Well, um, uh, let's talk about one of the, the main talking points of the other. There were two, oh, look, there were more than two, but I'm just going to throw the spotlight on two. Um, Garlet's bump. Uh, or yes. sling tackle um, was magnificent. He landed heavily on his shoulder, but didn't that broadcast something to the playing group? Well, it sent a great mes- message. You know, um, Jared Garbutt's a man that's, I guess, starting again. Do we call him Jiffy? Uh, no, 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 I think he's no. his own man. I yeah, think we okay, have to be right, fair. fair enough, you know, fair you know I, I, I appreciate where you're yeah. coming from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, no, I, I, I think you're right. I, I think it was fa- a fantastic message that Jared Garbutt sent with the you know, the vigour that he applied to Jack Stephen, you know, to put him out of that contest. Okay. Cost him his uh, wing, you know. Yeah. Was, uh, however, I, I think that was that signal, that a real intent of the players, you know, that um, at this level you, you've got to be ferocious at it. Um, it's a shame he's not going to be there this week. I, I, I suspect that that uh, that incident has led to his unavailability yeah. for this week. But but there is a big intone. Would you like to declare who comes in at, uh, at Jared Gallus' expense? Uh, it wouldn't be a long-time favourite of the two your, tones, would it? Can your we say friend it once? Jakob It's back in the team tone, and it's lovely to see him um, take his place again. Um, you would think that um, uh, Vietering would be a uh, would be prime for a big 2018. And and um, this uh, it's been confirmed this year that there's no experimentation as far as Jakob goes. He will be down back um, well, because we, we know he can play up forward, well, but uh, but uh, look, you know. It, in terms of his career and everything, yes. that's where you'll find him when you need him. More often than not. And, and in, in fact, the point you make uh, makes me again think back to that St Kilda game. And another real positive of the performance was the way that we had options up front. Yeah. You know, with Cruiser pushing up, up in front of goals and, um, uh, you know, you had Harry Mackay. We saw glimpses of the, of the great man out there. Um, you know, you'd have to think he's... He's going to be part of that front half for many years to come. Yeah, I just, I just really think that um, there, are, there are so many uh, 
you know, really good indicators that this team is on the mate, that it's starting to push on, and can't supporters uh, can feel genuinely enthused by uh, the direction in which this team is heading. Um, now, can I just backtrack to something from uh, from the other night? Uh, Paddy Dow losing some teeth. Yes. Um, it reminded me, as club historian Tony DeVolfo, you may confirm or deny that this actually happened, but it's certainly one of my favourite anecdotes from the Wayne Britton era. Yes. When he gathered the team around and was trying to motivate them to play harder. I think yes. it may have even been a practice game, I'm not sure. But in an impassioned uh, moment, he pointed at Adrian Hickmon and said, look at this bloke, he's got no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as a way of saying you've got to put your body and your head over the ball, uh, no matter what the consequences. And, uh, and when I saw that, I thought, you know, that augurs well. If you compare anybody to Adrian Hickmon to that sort of toughness, then yeah. yes. Yeah, let's well, do that. Although well, well, perhaps Tony was just pointing out, look at this bloke, he's got no teeth. <laughs> there may not have been an inherent message. Um, but it's funny, when you mention that story, another story that comes to mind uh, relates to, well, I'd say he would have lost a couple of teeth probably and, uh, and uh, uh, had a jaw dislodged in the process, was Graham Allen yeah. in the 1981 grand final when Wayne Johnson took him out. And Tom Hafey, I think it was a three-quarter time, uh, dragged Gubby out to the Collingwood Hovel to illustrate to them yeah. uh, the lengths to which uh, Gubby had put his body on the line. The problem was that Gubby at that stage looked like John Merrick. <laughs> so that actually had the adverse effect. It actually actually basically um, sent this shocking message to the yeah. Collingwood players, crikey, look at this bloke. You know, um, and so it actually had the opposite psychological wow. effect. Yeah. Uh, so they say, Tony. Yeah. But, um, but I have caught up. Who won. Well, that history, of course, who won. And I have caught up with Gubby Allen the years since, yeah. and uh, I've often reminded him, gee, it was a good day, only one grand final game, wasn't it? He said yeah. to me, yes. He said, well, you were drinking uh, Verve Clique going out of the Premiership Cup, I was sucking on a malted milkshake out of the straw in St Vincent's Hospital. Uh, uh, so he hasn't game. quite overcome okay. that uh, moment in time. We do know it's a cruel game. Um, now, uh, as I say, there's lots to cover off. We, we will get back to previewing the Carlton uh, Hawthorne JLT match. We probably should. First well, and foremost, you introduce our producer. Well, this is the most important change to the two tones for 2018. Uh, Lucy Jamison is our new producer and the person who does all the work behind the scenes. Does that name ring a bell, Tony? Well, I've had, I have heard the name in dispatches along, along the way here at um, Bluesville, Tone. Um, Lucy is, of course, uh, sister of Mick Jamison. Um, great to have you here, Lucy, at the back of the club. Um, and and I, I know that um, Mick himself... Yeah. Since his retirement, he's still been a, a regular visitor to, uh, to our humble abode here, Tony. Yeah. And I, I suspect that both he and Lucy will be prominent um, um, as the season goes on here um, uh, in the media department of the club. Um, there's an eight-man leadership group. Uh, few, it takes fewer people to run uh, uh, China. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, well, Mark Murphy again at the helm tone, which is lovely to see. Sam Doherty, obviously... Uh, we're spending a fair bit of time in the coach's box, I guess, this year, Doc. With an eye on a future career, perhaps? Well, I, I believe that he's harboured aspirations to one day coach the team. And, um, uh, you know, why not? I, best I, I'm luck. sure he'd be eminently qualified to do so. Paddy Cripps, of course, taking on, uh, you know, leadership responsibilities. 
And then just going down through the list, Ed Kerno, Alex Silvani, Lucky Plowman, Kate Simpson, Matthew Cruiser, um, all good men, um, tried and true, that I'm sure will um, lead by example as uh, the weeks and months progress. Now, look, it's going to be hard, we know, for any Carlton supporters watching Adelaide this year, especially if, if uh, as they are expected, to, they do well. Gibbs um, has moved his wife, his child and his man bun back to Adelaide. Um, he's already played well in, in the early season games. Yes. And of course, he's teaming up with Eddie Betts there. So uh, yes. we wish him the very best. We wish him the very he, was best. Great, he was a great Carlton man. A great servant for the, for the Carlton club. Would have been more than happy to stay on had, um, you know... Um, had it not worked out the way it had. And when you look at that, um, I suppose, that deal, Tony, you probably have to say that is your classic win-win, you know, yeah. because Bryce Gibbs, South Australian, a young family now, he's given Carlton great service and, and has an opportunity to maybe to go back home, maybe uh, to a club that has a premiership window uh, yep. in the offing. All power to him. He's been a loyal Carlton man. Um, and we wish him all the best. But I'm sure in making the decision, Carlton looked long-term and thought, well, for a player 29, Bryce Gibbs was, well, maybe we, we, we really need to look at, you know, again, getting in a young kid for what we can get for the trade. So I think, I think you know, time will tell, obviously, you know, how, how these things uh, work. But I, I think, by and large... Um, all parties should be reasonably happy with, mm. with what's transpired in the Bryce Gibbs deal. Yeah. Well, uh, like I say, it's going to be at times difficult watching him because he will he will flourish mm. over there, and uh, there's no doubt about that. If he does win a premiership, more power to him and his elbow. Um, uh, speaking of uh, evergreen stalwarts, how about this? A man who, by rights, should get his name on three lockers. <laughs> Simo, uh, approaching, the, uh, look, a, a pretty magic number, you've got to say, 300 games. Well, you know, it's a, the little big man is uh, is uh, closing in. And, you know, we, we saw that St Kilda game, his performance. I mean, you know, he still keeps on keeping on. Um, you know, just a, a player that, you know, more than any other players are out of his weight. Um, and uh, just such an admirable figure for the club. Um, you know, it'll be a great moment in time when, when Simo runs through for game number 300. You know, he'll be sharing rarefied air with, you know, the likes of Craig Bradley, Bruce Duell, um, you know, Stephen Silvani. Um, uh, you know, it's just going to be a great moment for, for both him and the club. And to think, you know, in game one, Tony, he registered duck eggs in terms of kicks and marks. Yeah. I think for the first three weeks, I think, yeah. from memory. But just goes to show, you know, um, you persevere, you persevere, and things change. And here we are, you know, uh, the the little blokes closing in on the magic number. And, What's he at now, Tom? That's a very good question. Is he two eighty nine, two ninety? Or I've got a feeling he's probably ten or eleven games off. Most okay. corrected there. But um, all, all things being equal, yeah. he'll, he'll get there this year. Yeah, about halfway through the season, we would think. Um, speaking of milestone games that we can look forward to this year, Levi Caspold is on game number 94. Yes, and, and a little statistic there, Tone. I'm hoping to get um, um, the Leviathan for a comment at some stage, but um, the number 41, his locker number, is the only uh, locker number uh, between... Locker's 145 that does not carry a name. How about that? So his uh, sixth game of this year will get his name on the locker and complete the sequence, 1 to 45, 
each each locker will have at least one name of a 100 game player. So any 50 um, gamers in the 41? Uh, no, I, I, I'd have to get back to you there. I think see Peter Brown played for Carlton in the 79 grand final yeah. premiership. We're in 41. I don't know that he got to 50. Um, so it hasn't been you know great in terms of the strike rate. So. Levi's very much his own man there, um, but it'd be a great moment for him. And uh, there's a victory for persistence, isn't it? To, it really to, is. to get a hundred up, up after after so long at the club, and um, he looks in fine fettle too. Levi's, he looks like he's he's probably trimmed down a little bit. And, yeah, um, and, and the kicking. Yeah, well, it was pre- it was pretty good against St Kilda, as was Matt Cruz's. And uh, it's been funny, Tony. It's been a funny pre-season because with the the ground being resurfaced here, the players have been training off-site, so we haven't necessarily had an opportunity to see the players struck their stuff, but I know that Matt Cruiser, after that St Kilda game, uh, a question was asked about his, um, you know, his accuracy in front of goal, and he said, oh, well, that has been a focus this year, and I'm sure Sad Rocker's influence, you know, with repetition, repetition, mm. is starting to pay um, handsome dividends. Let's just hope the boys can keep that accuracy going into the home and aways. Now, um, we're, we're going to preview the, uh, the, the Blues and uh, the Hawks in Tassie in a moment. Um, I want to get your thoughts on AFL-X, uh, yes. the square ground game. Time. Look, I, I had a bit of a look at it. I must admit, when I tuned into that, uh, that Carlton match, I, I was preoccupied with um, uh, Paddy Dow. I wanted yeah. to see how he fared. And, and again, classic example, uh, he just fitted in seamlessly and really looked at home. He didn't look intimidated. Um, in terms of the game itself, well, you know, I, look, it's easy to be dismissive of it, and people don't necessarily like change. Um, I'm probably going to sit on the fence. I, I, I don't know what to make of it yet. And, and you know, you, you, when you look at it, you, maybe you, th- you have to think big picture. Yeah. You know, it's played on that rectangular strip. Yeah. You know, what the AFL's obviously looking at perhaps taking this game maybe worldwide to places where there are a lot of rectangular pitches. So, yes. so I suppose there's the big picture that you have to consider here. But what, the other thing that I think is worth considering here with both AFLX and AFLW is that when the next round of media rights comes around, the AFL probably has three packages in which they can sell. Yes. So financially, that's uh, potentially a, a massive windfall for the league because you're tripling your product, aren't you? Yeah. And, um, um, so both games, AFL, WAFLX, still in their infancy. You know, um, the, the the women, you have to say, this year at Carlton have been tad disappointing. You know, yeah. um, plenty of ball, but not enough uh, big scores being kicked. Um, but I, I've often said, Tone, to, to people on the uh, Ghost Tour, that the, the, the girls' team here at Carlton might be the salvation of the of the ground because if if the if the women continue to make an impression here, and the AFL looks at um, Princess Park Icon Park as a future hub for women's football, yeah, then it may well be that they begin to pull resources into this venue. And we've seen what's happened down south of the city with the Junction Oval, yeah, where that magnificent ground has been. Well, the old stands there have been restored, and new facilities are put in. A picket fence has been put around the ground. And it, it is absolutely magnificent. It's obviously going to be the, the hub for Victorian cricket, um, but wouldn't it be lovely to see, you know, um, the league look at, at Princess Park as a, a as, as a future venue because there's nothing better, as we've seen in the, uh, the the practice matches, 
of living, breathing yes. full house here at here at Carlton. Well, uh, football manager Andrew McKay was uh, being interviewed on uh, radio recently. And look, apologies for not actually getting the uh, the name of the radio station, but he did flag um, plans to upgrade the ground. Now that's obviously going to be. Um, a long-term process that yes. will need uh, state and federal government funding with yes. it as well. But um, certainly they're not giving up on Icon Park. No. And, and there is, uh, you know, there's life in the old girl yet. Well, that's right. And I know from the president down, they've always, you know, had this, I suppose, maybe it's a romanticised view that, you know, it would be fantastic to see um, Carlton Games back here, and men's game back here at, at Princess Park. At the end of the day, the AFL controls the fixtures. Yep. They tell the clubs where they play. Uh, and I know Kane Little, the new CEO, has said he'd like to think that uh, with the resurgence of the team, that Carlton may well, uh, or they should, outgrow Princess Park, you know, and command audiences of 40,000 yep. plus every time they run out. So I suppose you have to also take into account the commercial realities. Um, it's a big business we live in. And... Um, the club obviously has to maximise uh, its position in terms of where the team plays and when it plays, and and yeah, so there, there's a lot to weigh up. But um, you know, I'm an old romantic Tony. Oh, you know, wouldn't, yes. you, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great to see them play back oh, here, run out no, again? Uh, male, female, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> um, the dark navy blue Guernsey running around Princess Park is enough to uh, fire up the heart of any. Loyal bagger. Um, now, let's uh, preview the JLT uh, game against uh, Hawthorne. We beat Hawthorne in uh, the second half of the home and away season last year. Took a it, while. It, well, <laughs> who cares how long it took, Tony? It was exactly. a magnificent victory. You enjoyed it, Tony. Was it was my daughter. It was just... You still are. Oh, my God. It was, it was like... Uh, Writing a terrible wrong. It was like the day Mandela walked out of prison. It was, it was just magnificent. It was riveting television. I remember that day too. Uh, so fist uh, raised. It was, oh, it was a magnificent moment in time. Um, I uh, I would have to class that I think as my favourite game of last year. Yes. Um, just because <laughs> because it took so long. It, it was a long time to make. And it, we are back in Tassie for this game, Tony. And I, I forgive me if I... You have to tell the story. If I shared this with you... Yeah, I apologise to our, our vast listening audience here. But yes, uh, I can recall, must have been 2007, um, Carlton were fixed to play a, a pre-season match against Hawthorne at Launceston. And um, the late Dick Pratt had just uh, assumed the presidency here at Carlton. And uh, I was rather fortunate at that time that uh, I was given the tap on the shoulder to be out of Essendon Airport on the Sunday morning um, at Hangar number one or whatever it was. Uh, got out there just in time to see the, the, the great doors of the hangar open and a lead jet sort of sorted out onto the, onto the tarmac. Uh, and myself and the then members of the board all boarded the flight. We had a, a delightful flight down at Lodcester Tony, down to the airport where we were proceeded to be shunted into a, um, a shuttle bus directly to the ground with a lovely lunch. And we saw Carlton uh, defeat Hawthorne, yeah. uh, which was the last time we'd beat them at anything before yeah. last year. And how well I remember, Tone, getting back on the plane, the plane levelling out as we left Launceston, and suddenly the waitresses sauntering down to the back of the cabin carrying trays of crayfish and, and all sorts of things and champagne and... Um, I remember Dennis Pagan, the then coach, was was uh, was in the back cabin where uh, a lot of the power brokers were sitting, 
And uh, he was looking around at members of the Carlton board munching on giant slabs of Morton Bay bark and shaking his head. And, and I'll, I'll never forget this. Dennis said, the time he said, I've seen a lot of things in my time in football, but this takes the cake. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, <laughs> was, what was Dick Pratt's attitude? He, he uh, always what, said, he yeah. always said, you've got to celebrate the, the good times yeah. because they're all too fleeting. You know, to, you know, for... For, to, to achieve success in anything, it often takes a lot of hard work. Yep. And so when you get there, savour the moment because they don't come around often enough. And one thing I remember about Dick Pratt saving those moments, you know, he often used to like to get into the Carlton Huddle yep. at the end of the games to sing the song. And being an, an old thespian tone, he was, yes. you know, he was, uh, he loved the theatre. And, and he, he um, I can remember when, when he used to sing the song, he had that little... What would you call it, Tone? Is it the brogue? I don't, I'm not sure what you call it, the cockney. What The, the little oh, inflection. Yeah. So I remember, you know, when you hear We Are The Navy Blues, you'd hear him, it sounded like he was off the set of Oliver. We Are The Navy Blues. <laughs> and he, it was like he was on, standing at the old music hall in yeah. London in the turn of the century. But he, he loved it. He loved the moment. He loved celebrating uh, the moment. Um and as I said, relishing relishing victory and relishing successes. Perhaps they weren't as as uh, prolific as he would have liked yes. before he died. But when you when you think back on it now, it was probably the club was very fortunate to get him at that particular point because yeah. it was it was truly vulnerable at that stage. Yes, it was. And you remember that the week he died, Carlton played Hawthorne, didn't they? And Fevy, yes, yes, Fevy was going for the record. Clarkson. Put about nineteen players on yes. Fevy to prevent him from uh, from getting the, the Norm ton. Smith that year, yep. um, or from from getting the ton. He denied uh, that uh, that's what he was doing. Nonetheless, mm. it came down to a kick, didn't it? A, a set shot at goal that Fevy missed. Yes, yes. and that yes. I can I can I've often wondered. I remember thinking at the time, gee, uh, uh, Jared Ruff is playing fairly deep for <laughs> for <forward> today. <laughs> he yes. was seeing, seeing the back pocket for memory. Uh, Anyway, anyway uh, <coughs> so, uh, yeah, now Tasmania, uh, Hawthorne, um, there has been a change, as we said. Yes. Um, how do you like our chances? Well, I, I, I'm quite bullish about them, Tony, because I think going into the uh, the big game against Richmond on um, the 22nd of March, I think we want to go in with winning form and, yep. and with momentum. Uh, we note uh, the, the reigning premiers have done just that, having won their past two encounters um, well, quite comfortably. Yes, yeah, the other night against North Melbourne. North yep. here. So, I mean, you know, we are playing the reigning premier, so it's it's going to be a, um, a a tough ask. But but I, I just think, you know, with every quarter that this team plays, you see the confidence lift um, in the in the players and the self belief. And um, I, I just love the way uh, the, the team is going about it. And I think. You know, we've only had glimpses of middling against St Kilda so far, but I just really like the way that the players are taking the game on. There has been criticism, of course, of, you know, that the men haven't been kicking enough scores. We've well, kicked yeah, a lot of sub-100 point scores. Yes, exactly. So it seems to me that it has been a focus. You know, we saw Patrick Cripps going forward and uh, being a, a presence up front. So I guess we're going to see a bit of that again also this year. So... Um, I just think there's a lot to like about where the team's going. The the Richmond game, March 22nd, is the ultimate challenge, obviously. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I'm sure, you know, uh, the Carlton players will approach it with the, with the necessary um, 
uh, mental wherewithal. Yep. Uh, they won't be intimidated and uh, bring it on, Tone. Bring it on. Um, well, that's all we have time for in episode one of the Two Tones for 2018. Yes, Tone. Before we wind up, I apologise. I'd like to acknowledge the passing of the uh, two oh, great yes. men of the club at the start of the year. Um, we lost Ken Hands not long uh, into the new year, might have been just before, and then Keith McKenzie, former general manager of the club. Ken Hands, the last man standing in oh, the 45, wow. 47 grand finals, yeah. um, a leviathan of the club. Keith McKenzie, a real character. The man, Tony, who who arranged for the two Carlton Gurgis to be whisked out to Tullamarine Airport to be uh, handed to the girls, Anna. And Freda from ABBA. What an and image. What an image yeah, that is. Magnificent. Image. And it was worn in their movie as well. Yes, it was indeed. And uh, I have to say, Tony, uh, Anna looked magnificent in Dark Navy. Didn't she? Yes. I tell you. Yes. Not too late for a comeback for no, the AFLW. Right. If it's she not. wants to, uh, you know, if we want to grow the game in Sweden, uh, uh, that's, that's what we're going to do. No, no brainer, Tony. There we go. No <laughs> right. Uh, thank you for that, Tony DeMolfo. Great to see you back, Tone. And uh, we will be back next week, as we will be for all of Season 2018, here at the Two Times.